0: series on revival, and God is truly moving, I believe, in the midst of us, but yet we have just barely tasted of what is and what will come. We're going to go to the book of Ezekiel today. The book of Ezekiel is named after the prophet Ezekiel, which means God is strong. And Ezekiel was a a young boy who grew up in an environment in the Temple of Jerusalem, and he was born into a priestly family, actually. And he was part of the exile to Babylon. Ezekiel was a prophet of the Lord. He was called to be a prophet, and, and, and God would give him messages. And he also lived a very wild and crazy life. If you're looking for wild and crazy stories of the Bible and things that God had asked people to do, he would be a good one to read about. Ezekiel was given words of prophecy of the destruction of the temple and um, and and you know God had a plan for his people in the midst of all of this, and the people had walked in opposition to him and 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 it broke the heart of God. really was what was happening. but God did have a plan from the beginning for his people. He had plans of prosperity. He had plans of health. He had pr- plans of healing. He saw their future but you know, before it ever happened. He saw the city of Jerusalem and, and how it would be full of great people and they would rise up and it would be a nation that would be blessed and they would multiply in the, in the earth. The plan was for them to come to fruition into all the things that God had for them as a nation. And Ezekiel chapter 16 kind of goes through, it talks a little bit about, um, you know, how God saw them, but how they were born into disgrace and left abandoned. It's it's really a prophetic picture of the Jewish nation and the rough beginning, the turning away from him, but how God always saw them a certain way and always planned to give them gifts and adorn them with beauty. And he was continually at work in their life because it was his heart. But then there was no follow through on their part and they turned away him, Because how many know we have a part to play in the plan of God for our lives? So, you know, otherwise we would just be robots at his beck and call. But so the book of Ezekiel goes on to talk about how the people turned away from God. They started trusting and relying in the things that God had given them instead of God himself. They started focusing on their own beauty instead of the beauty of God. They were unfaithful to God. They begin to build their life upon their accomplishments and not the Lord. They they look to the things that, that they had and they turn their affections to the things that God gave them instead of God Himself. And Craig actually talked about this a little bit last week in reference to revival. And he he talked about how how sometimes even in revival we run the risk to go wrong when we begin to focus on the things that revival brings rather than the face of God and our affection towards him. So Ezekiel, you know, throughout this book he's he's getting words of the intention of the Lord for his people and his great plan for them but then he's seen how the people have turned away and there's the exile and then and how they've built themselves you can read I'm not going to read it all but brothels and they've made high places of idol worship and it's i mean it's really just a terrible thing basically they've put all these things in between them and god they've drifted so far and that they've they've made these things that are just so detestable to the lord in verse 26 it even said how they had played the harlot with the egyptians They adopted their idolatries. It goes on to say the worship is sensuous and and provoked God to anger. So God isn't happy because he had literally given them the perfect life, the perfect destiny, the perfect outcome, the perfect plan. They would have it all. That was the perfect plan. But then they took their life and they began to build it their own way and they went completely in the opposite direction. And sometimes that happens when things get a little bit good in our lives we begin to focus on the little bit good, and then we begin to turn it into something that it was never meant to be. And then we drift so far, and before we know it, we are doing things that we never thought we would do, and we are focusing on things that we never thought we'd focus on. And the things that we were so against, now we're like kind of dabbling in, and there are things that are detestable to the Lord, but we've become desensitized to those things because we've let a little bit in at a time. We begin to normalize things that aren't normal in the kingdom of God. They're normal in society, but how many know we are not a people of this world? We are seated in heavenly places and we are from a different kingdom. So we we see that there's a plan of God at hand even in the midst of all of this and a plan of redemption for his people even in the middle of them walking away from him, there was a plan for, for, for God to bring them back into redemption. And there's a plan for us and our world. And there's a plan for us to experience all that God has for us in, in experiencing him to the fullest. So we don't have to live our lives in compartments. We don't have to give ourselves to the Lord in this part over here, and but hang back here we he wants all of us and he has a plan for us to give all of us to him and to be fully submerged in his presence fully encountering his glory we see in the book of ezekiel you keep you keep kind of looking through i mean it's it's a little bit of a complicated book but it's still worth the read and and it goes to talk about Ezekiel's encounter, his call and then his his encounters with the Lord where he was shown the glory of God and 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 heavenly places and and so many times the glory of God is mentioned over and over and over where Ezekiel will see a picture and then and God will show him something of the temple and then he'll say, you know the glory of God and then the Shekinah glory of God filled the place or filled the temple. And this is the heart of God, that we would experience the glory of God and that we would experience the Shekinah glory of God. And the Shekinah glory of God is the glory where God dwells. It is the dwelling place of the Lord. It dwells. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't just show up and leave. It like stays. It's like the cloud that we read through the Old Testament, the cloud that, that came and stayed. It's the Shekinah glory of God that dwells and that's what we pray for in revival that the glory of God would come and dwell it wouldn't be a a one and done Ezekiel is hearing the prophetic voice of the Lord saying there's destruction on Jerusalem because the people turned away but he's also experiencing seeing the glory of God and, and God's intention for his people So there's a lot happening, a lot of tension in in this book with the plan of God holding strong even though God's heart is broken because He wants us to want Him. He wants His people to want Him. He he, He doesn't want people to give their lives partially to Him. See, the problem is we can't experience all unless we are willing to give it all. God has given it all. Revival is the heart of God, and, and and His intention is for us to experience all of that by giving ourselves all to Him, and that it is only then that we will have the empowerment to live differently. Sometimes we struggle with why we can't live differently. It's because we haven't quite given it all. When we give it all, we have all of Him, and we have the empowerment to live differently, to talk differently, to act differently, to react differently. So the question is, how much do we want it? See, it's never been about ability in the kingdom for what you're called to do or what you have been given to do. It's always, every time, 100% about availability. Because God doesn't need you to be great. He's great. (laughs) He just needs you to be available. All of you. Completely available. So how much do we want it and how much are we willing to give and how desperate are we? And what is the cost that we're willing to pay? Is there a price tag? Where you're, that's my max. And who wants it more see hunger will attract the Lord it's not our talent it's not our gifts it's not our money it's our heart and it's our hunger it's our availability so let's go to Ezekiel chapter 47 and that's kind of where we're gonna focus I believe that this is a picture of what the Lord's inviting us into today There's a call to those who are willing to leave behind some things and turn our affection to the Lord. And if we're willing to destroy some of the idols that we put in front of him and make space in our life, then God's going to encounter us powerfully today, I believe. And it will not leave. Ezekiel 47 is going to be on the screen. I'm not going to read it from the screen, but it's going to be there for your reference. I'm just going to kind of share. So Ezekiel's having this picture of the water. And there's a guide that's been showing him around, and he brings him to the door of the house of, of the Lord, the temple, and there's water flowing under the threshold. And this, this guide measures 1,000 cubics, which is really about 750 square feet. And then he leads Ezekiel this way and it's he comes to waters that are ankle deep. And then he measures another thousand cubits and he leads him some more and he comes to water that is knee deep. And then he measures another thousand and he comes to water that is waist deep. And then he he did he another thousand and he brings him to water that it, he cannot pass through because it is so deep and it's water that is un, over his head where his feet cannot touch. And the man looks at Ezekiel and he says, do you see this? Are you seeing this? Are you getting it? Have you just take a moment? Are you taking this all in right now? Because this was a level right here of the water that Ezekiel would be completely underwater where his feet could no longer touch because God wants to bring us to a place where our feet can no longer touch, where we no longer have control in our lives, where we no longer control how He moves, what He does, how He's going to show us a certain thing, how He will speak to us, what we're going to feel in that moment, where our feet doesn't touch and we're submerged in the waters of the Lord. And I don't know if that scares you or excites you, but that's God's plan for you. So we can stay at ankle deep. And I believe that we are probably experiencing revival at ankle deep. I believe we are experiencing elements of revival even right now. And we can stay at that level. But I I do believe that there is a timely now invitation this morning to go to the deep waters of the Lord. To live fully in revival. See ankle deep water is better than dry ground. Yes. But come on. It's just a small fraction. Of what he has. And the spirit and the bride say come. There is a call right now. Right now in this season. In the church of God. And in the world where the spirit and the bride is saying come Come to those who are thirsty. Come to those who don't know him. Come to those who haven't yet tasted all of what he has. And and the spirit and the church, the bride as a whole, is saying, come. It's an invitation to come. To fully surrender. This is the best invitation you're ever going to get. You're not going to get a better offer, okay? Okay. Your life will look different, my life will look different at ankle-deep, knee-deep, waist-deep, or, or under the water. Under the deep. Ankle-deep or knee-deep, your prayer life will look different than it will under the deep. And if, you're, if we are ankle-deep or knee-deep, our prayer life might look like a laundry list of things that we need. And, um, you know, concerns we have with bookends of frustration of this and that. and It's going to look different. See, I don't want a splash of the Spirit of God in my life. I don't want two good Sunday services a month and a handful of powerful prayer meetings. I want to be underwater. I want Him to be my heir. He is not the air we breathe at knee deep. At ankle deep, we don't even need to change our clothes. For the amount of God. We can keep our pants on. Just got to roll them up a little bit. Splash around. We need to get to the place where we are going further in the Lord, where we are going wasted, get wasted in him this morning. We need to go to the place where where we are under the water, where he is the air we breathe. We don't have natural air anymore. Why? Because we don't need it. We're no longer subjected to the ways of earth and the ways of of, of the way it, it is because we are living in him. He is the air we breathe. At ankle deep or knee deep or waist deep, there's other things that have our affection. There's other things that have our distraction. And, and, and we we may have all of him because he doesn't hold back from us, but he doesn't have all of us, which means we cannot experience all of him. We need to get to the place where he has all of us, where we no longer have to have our feet secure in our own ways, in our own accomplishments, in the things that we have done for ourselves. So we can trust everything in him we we can we can give everything to him we trust him with everything we have access to everything we have access to everything we don't need anything that's why our prayer life changes (laughs) it's all there And if it isn't there, you don't worry about it because you know, you've proven him as your provider. You know he will come through. You know his intention towards you. See, his desire is for us to encounter such an outpouring of the water of the spirit of of himself. It's to be revivalist in the earth. It is to be a breeding ground for revival in our city. You know, Something about me, maybe you didn't know, is that I love chocolate. And dark chocolate specifically. And my mom has always loved chocolate as well. And there's something, I don't get to experience this anymore because I don't see her at Christmas time. But it used to be this thing where every Christmas, and she still does it, but I'm just not there. Uh, She would go to the Lentz or like Ghirardelli chocolate factory, uh, the outlet, (laughs) and she would buy a ridiculous amount of chocolate. I'm like, guys picture the most that would be the most ridiculous and then like double it. Okay. And that's how much chocolate she, I don't know who she was buying for. Like what? I mean, we love it, but I mean, come on. And, uh, I remember one year, we, we were here, but I happened to be uh, visiting. I was speaking at a, a youth retreat in the northern part of um, Ontario, Canada. And so I was spending some time with her before I came back here. And I was sitting at her kitchen table, and it was right before Christmas, and it was just these this chocolate lint truffles everywhere. I mean, I, there is so many. And I don't know if you've seen all the colors and flavors there are but I have and uh, and so much so that I had no idea what they were we none of us knew so we had to get our phones out and literally Google it like with the picture and compare to see oh I wonder what flavor this is I mean it was awesome awesome because we love chocolate chocolate was one of those things that used to be on my Christmas list for a while until I realized I didn't need to put it on my list anymore <laughs> I could have right. I could have kept it on the list. I could be like, Craig, we need to put we need chocolate for Christmas. We should go to C's. I love C's. C's candies, that's amazing. So good. Sylvie so loves it too. We've talked about it. Yeah. And and we, we need we need to go to C's. We need more chocolate. We need more dark chocolate. And and I could do that. Because if it's if I'm not surrounded by it, I might think that I need it. But, what, but the thing is, when I sat at my mom's kitchen table and when it was right in front of me, I realized I don't need it on my list anymore because I have access. I don't need to ask for something that's right in front of me at my fingertips. And see, that is the way it is with the Lord. I don't have to ask for things that I need or things I want uh, from him or in life because when I'm all in with him, I have everything. I'm not even going to want so much anymore because he is my reward. I don't need the things anymore because he is everything. I don't need the answers because he is the answer. The Bible says that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, what is the reward? He is the reward. Like, How do I know that? Because everything we need or want is in him. So all the things that he is now is in my possession because I have him. And although that is absolutely amazing, it's still not our end game. He's our end game. The stuff is a byproduct. It just happens to be there because he's there. So in revival, we will experience healings like we did today. We will experience salvations. We will see people come to know Jesus. We will see generosity like, like never before. We will see people transform. We will see our city truly impacted. But those are the symptoms or the outcome of revival because true revival is just our hunger and our affection towards the Lord. It is Him being the most important. It is Him being our biggest passion, our greatest appetite, and the biggest hunger in our life. It's giving up everything to follow Him. Let's understand something right now that everything that we've ever been through has brought us to this point right now where we can choose Jesus or not. We can choose to go all in or not. Like everything in your life brings you to decisions and to to points of decision. Everything. It is not by accident that you are here in this moment this morning. It is everything has brought us to this point. And when we're brought to a point of decision, we have to make that choice. And in that choice is going to affect the trajectory of your life. It is not a little thing. It is big things. These little moments are big decisions in our lives. But I promise. You will not miss what you leave behind. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. (laughs) The world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back. No turning back to the life that was trying to kill me, consume me, tire me, wear me out, depress me, drain me. There's nothing in this See, we, we can choose to say yes to God today, that I want more. I want it all. I want revival. I'm done with what was taking my focus because Jesus is my dream life. Jesus is my dream life. Not this, not that. Jesus is the American dream, the Canadian dream, the European dream. He's the worldwide dream. Jesus is the dream life. Jesus, only Jesus, only him, nothing else. Nothing else will satisfy. I don't care what you think, what you've tried, what what you love. I don't care. There will come a point where you will be like that did not satisfy See, revival is going to change the outlook of your destiny, and it's going to change the future of your family. It will even change how you view your past. Everything looks different. You you will see through the lens of God. You will see the redemptive plan of God in your life. You will see where he's taking you and what he's taking you from you. And even if you've made choices along the way where you've walked down destructive paths, God redeems every moment. Come on. He sets your life in a way that's gonna be a life of surrender, but it's nothing you miss because the complete submerging of your life under water well, he becomes the air you breathe he is everything you need nothing the Lord is my shepherd I lack nothing he will be what you taste and see the Bible says you taste and see that I am good the Lord is good you won't miss what you leave behind there are encounters for you to have that, that will just blow your mind I, I, there's I remember one time being, like, very, like, sick in my stomach and laying in bed in the middle of the night, and I was, I was so sick. I'm like, oh, this is going to be really bad. Like, I, I can't move. This was a, several years ago. And my eyes was closed, and I was just kind of, like, you know, there, and I didn't say anything, and I was just kind of like, Lord, I just, I need your healing. I need your healing. Would you send healing? And I, I had this this visitation in the middle, and I didn't open my eyes. Now I wish I did. But you know what it's like when you're like kind of asleep and you're going through something. And, and I felt um, God say, open your mouth. And I went just like, <laughs> I don't know. And I just opened my mouth. And then I felt uh, some being put something in my mouth, which I believe was probably an angel, and um, put it in my mouth. And he said, eat it. And so I ate it. I know this sounds weird. It happened. (laughs) So I ate it and I swallowed it. And just like that, I was better. Just like that, I was better. And I was like, what on earth just happened? And I'm like, the next morning I'm like, I need to find a a biblical foundation for what just happened to me because I'm not going to build a theology off just a moment. And And of course, God brought me to taste and see that I am good. Taste and see that I am good. There are encounters just waiting for you to to invite the Lord into you. There's so much that we have not yet experienced. And in Ezekiel, after the, the guide said to him, he said, do you see this? Do you see what's in front of you? The waters. He then brings them to the banks of the river. And they said there were trees on every side of the banks and waters pour out. When they enter the sea, the water, the salt water, is made fresh. Where the river grows, every creature lives. Life flourishes and there was great schools of fish. See, the water, the river, the living water is about to have encounters in the earth that will change and transform, that will bring healings, that will have weird stories to follow. Because God is a God of the impossible and he is not a God of this earth. He is God of this earth, but he is not from this earth. So the waters bring healing and and, and it says in the chapter and wherever they are, everything has life. It says that fishermen will stand shoulder to shoulder now, normally, if fishermen were standing shoulder to shoulder, if you fish, you know, that's not a good idea because the next guy is going to steal your fish. You know, you're going to be like, this, we, you need to spread out. Let's spread out, you know, so there's enough. But it's, there's so much fish. They're standing shoulder to shoulder on the banks of the Dead Sea, dead, used to be anyway, spreading their nets, all of them at once because there's such an incredible amount of fish. There's all kinds of trees of fruit for food and the leaves of the trees don't fade and the fruit is always fresh and ripe, never failing to meet the demand, it says. New fruit every month. See, when I am in the revival waters of God, I will never fail to meet the demand, the mandate on my life. I will be refreshed and fruitful. I will have life and vitality. My leaves won't wither and get old-looking and tired because I will have a continual refreshing of the rivers, the life-giving water. See, this is a supernatural quality possessed only because my life is being continually refreshed by the water coming out of the temple, which is the Lord. This is an outpouring of the Spirit of God. This is the dwelling place, the Shekinah glory of God that never leaves. And we have an invitation into this this morning to go deep. And where we can be healthy and fruitful, we can literally provide healing everywhere we go because it's just flow out of us and we will see the fish everywhere. So many fish, so many people coming to faith in Christ. So many people coming to know him. Even in the most dead places, even in the places where you said, there's no way it can't happen there. They are so far from God. That is not gonna happen even in the most dead places because everywhere the river goes, there is life. Every creature will live. Everyone, everyone. God has a redemptive plan. God has a plan to pour out His Spirit. God has a plan for revival. We are part of that plan. And we are just getting started. We are experiencing, but there's more to come. And I believe that the watermark of the Spirit of God is increasing today. And we have an invitation to bring increase in our lives of that watermark. There's a couple things I know about watermark. One, watermark on a picture is an identification of the person who made it. Two, a watermark is a measuring stick where we can raise a standard or a level in order to experience more. See, God has a watermark on your life where he's marked you and he's identified. I've made you, I've created you, I have a plan for you. And then he's calling you to raise the watermark of the spirit of God, of how much of him that you're allowing, how much space we have in his life to raise that watermark so that we can go all in for him. There are encounters in him you wouldn't believe if I told you. I don't even know if you believe the last story I told you. <laughs> Thanks. I had another, another story kind of similar to that, actually. It's kind of weird. Where um, I was uh, laying in bed again with my eyes closed again. you think I'd learned <laughs> to open my eyes. And I had, my throat was so bad. Like so... If you've ever had strep throat, it's it's brutal and it feels like razor blades cutting through your throat. And it came on so suddenly. And like any time when you get sick, there's a lot going on in your life, and you're like, I don't have time for this. (laughs) And I'm laying in bed, and it's like razor blades, and I can't swallow, and it's getting swollen. I like literally, as I'm laying there, I'm like, it's getting swollen. And I just I remember just kind of crying out in my spirit, God, I just need you to send angels or something to send ministry because angels are the heirs of salvation sent to minister to us. I need your healing power, Jesus, to come. I need something to, to miraculously happen in my life, or I don't know what, what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up and go to an emergency because I don't know if I'm going to be able to breathe in a little bit. And uh, it was just just like that. I, I, I felt, you know, the Lord, I guess, say again, open your mouth and I open my mouth. And then I felt almost like these hands or something going down my throat. And I felt like, like almost, it sounds weird, but it wasn't choking me, uh, like a hand going down and like scooping out all whatever that was that was attacking my throat. And like a scooping, a scooping, and scooping. And it, it lasted like a few minutes. And then I was like, A hundred percent brand new. Not a pain, not a nothing, no swelling. No Like, there there are encounters waiting for us. There are encounters in the heavenly. This is a supernatural kingdom. It's going to be wild stories. See, we live on earth, but we're not earthly. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are foreigners on this earth. We are seated in heavenly places. And we should be encountering heavenly encounters. By the time I get to heaven, I don't want heaven encounters to be new to me. I want it to be commonplace, so normal. Like, I don't want to be like, well, this is strange. Never encountered this before. I don't want to be a foreigner in my own home. Not sure what I have access to. You know, putting the chocolate on my Christmas list even though it's right on the table in front of me. I want to have tasted and seen of the goodness of the Lord before I ever enter the gates of heaven. You know, last Sunday, when Craig was speaking, I don't know if you noticed, a little something happening to me. Uh, Jim noticed and passed me some tissues. <laughs> but I was just having this moment with the Lord where I was just crying and I couldn't stop. And then I was shaking and nothing was happening except he was just pouring out in this, This moment, because I asked, I invited him to come and do whatever. You know, some of my prayers, and you're going to find this one weird too. One of the things that I pray on a regular basis is, Holy Spirit, possess me. You're like, well, that sounds demonic. Well, I'm praying to the Holy Spirit. I actually stole it from Heidi Baker, so it's not mine. Holy Spirit, possess me. Take every part of me. Every part of me would you fill with you, Holy Spirit. There'd be nothing left of me and all of you. You know, weird doesn't scare me. Faith does. But anything real, I'm all in because I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. We sang it. It, it, it doesn't matter. Come like a fire, come like a flood. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as long as it's real. As long as it's God. I'll go where he wants me to go. I'll say what he wants me to say. I will become even more undignified than this. Who cares? What What else in my life can I give up to make more room for you, Lord? There was two more things this week God gave me. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I didn't... I, didn't see that one or that one. So I'm working on it. I know that God is all here, all of God. So if I'm only ankle deep, it's because I haven't given enough. I have not made room. Like I I could sit at my mom's kitchen table with all that those truffles. And it could be everything I ever wanted, which it was. But if I don't take it, receive it, or show up too full, you know, maybe on my way to your house that day, I ate cheesecake, maybe I ate an apple fritter, three scoops of ice cream, you know, just in the car on the way. If I do that, I'm not going to experience what's in front of me, because I won't even have an appetite for it. Maybe we're wondering, why don't we have an appetite for the Lord? Why don't we want him more? Maybe we filled ourselves. Maybe we're too full. I need to make room in my life for God. I need to clear the clutter. Just clear the clutter. I might need to leave behind some things, ways of thinking, ways of acting. I might need to surrender some things that I've filled my life with in order to to encounter that outpouring of His presence, in order to be a part of all of revival, so I can be underwater, so I He can be the air I breathe. We won't miss it. I promise you, you won't miss it. Anything you leave behind for Him, anything today that you find good and fulfilling, it's maybe something, a desire in your life. It's not even always bad things. It's just things that fill us up, but anything that you say no to in order to make room for Him, you will not miss it. He promises to give us back so much more in this life and the next. He promises. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. See, there are things in revival that will come easy. you, You can get them another way. It's not that you can't. You can travail in prayer for, for things that you need. You can muster up enough courage to share your faith. You can do these things. Uh, you can contend for things to see and see God move. But when, but when you're sitting at the chocolate table, you don't have to do any of that. You just take it and receive it. And that's like revival. When you're, when you're in the middle of it, there's just things that are going to come easier than if you're not. So I, I'm not going to experience the fullness of the ocean if I'm just splashing around with my feet. But I want to be in a place where if, if God doesn't have all of me, then I'm just not content anymore. It's just not enough for me anymore. And I believe that that's God's desire, to bring us to that place so we can be revivalists on the earth, so that we can carry it into our city, for our the country, for the places, the world that's on his heart. For your workplace, your schools, your teachers, your we, we have to be all in. We have to be, there's things that God's calling you, innovation, creativity, business opportunities. There's, there's access and influence in your current workplace where he wants to bring you into, but because you haven't stepped fully into him, that it, you don't have the, the platform for it anymore. How are, you, how are we going to have authority into something that we haven't even prayed for or we haven't even made room for? In our lives. So if we want authority in an area, then we have to love in that area. We have to be all in that area. We have to give Him everything. There are things that are happening and there's things that you guys are already doing and I know that. I am so proud of you. There's stories that we hear all the time. I don't have the... I might get the story a little bit wrong, but um, the gist of it is this. Craig was at a pastor's um, gathering this week, the last week. And one of the pastors there went into surgery. And he was sharing this with the rest of the pastors. And he said that he was, he was nervous. He was scared. And he was just laying there. And the next thing he knows, this is from his perspective. The next thing he knows is someone leans over the table and says, Basically, I know who you are, Pastor, and uh, it's going to be okay. And then um, takes a moment, leads the room by praying, stopping everything to pray for this pastor before he went into surgery. And that man was Stephen. This is an example of you guys. Out there, being revivalists in your workplace, taking a stand—I mean, that's hard to take the room like that. This is not a Christian environment, but he just—I'm going to take this opportunity and I'm going to do it. it. This is this is the things that you're doing. We are experiencing revival. We are seeing our—you our, know—our family do things and move. And it is impacting people. This pastor, he was blown away. He was like, and that's Craig's church. That <laughs> <and he laughs> Craig's like, that was Stephen, you know, but. But come on, this is our calling. This is our mandate. This is, this is, this is what God wants to bring us into. That we would be life-giving rivers of living water, bringing healing, hope, increase. We would see a multiplying harvest because the water of our, our lives is at the outpouring of heaven. The glory of the Lord is just is is impacting everything because we're touching and impacting everything. With Him, the fruit will not fail, the leaves won't wither. It will meet the demand. It will bring new fruit. You will not find yourself wearing out. There is life-giving nurture because God has a redemptive plan for His people and that is us. And I believe and I'm asking that He would bring us into such a place that we would experience Him in such a way that nothing else would satisfy us. Lord, that, that You would bring us to that place that nothing else would satisfy us. We would be no longer full because we wouldn't divide our attentions anymore. So we would have appetite for you always and hunger for you always. I'm believing and I'm praying that we wouldn't lead our children down paths of frivolous, clutter, posing as achievement and promising worldly status. That we wouldn't live our lives in a direction counter to to God's plan and have a life that just fills us with stuff. I I am praying and believing that our kids, our generations to come, wouldn't be led astray under our best intentions because they're misguided. We have a legacy to leave. Family, we have a legacy to leave. And I want my children and your children, the children of this house, to follow the ways of the Lord. Okay, this is our desire. Okay, and there is a responsibility on me and you to model this in order to leave this legacy. I must, you must keep your focus and affection towards the Lord. You must. We, this is going to take intention. It, but it's a beautiful thing when you then see your children begin to model it because you've modeled it and we've all modeled it and now the children of this house rise up and model it. This is the legacy. This is our plan. This, what a blessing for the children of this house to see that you And I have made the Lord our priority. And you and I are making him a resting place in our lives. And now they want to do it because they've seen of the goodness of the Lord. This is the generational revival mandate on our lives and on this church. And we cannot not say yes. We have to say yes. We have to say yes. I'm going to end. I've already probably gone too long. I'm going to ask uh, Johan to come and just play on the keys a little bit. Here's the deal. I say this a lot. Maybe it's because I just go too long. I don't know. But you are free to leave. You are free. To leave this morning if you, if, if, if that's what you need to do. You're also free to stay. And Johan's going to, he's going to play. We're just going to invite just the waters of the Holy Spirit just to come more. And I'm going to leave it up to you how you respond. Because I believe in this moment, the Holy Spirit's going to begin to do something in your heart. I've been at meetings before where I'm like, I don't know if anyone's going to respond, but like, I, like, literally, I'm having to hold myself to the seat right now. Like, I'm hovering because, like, I have to respond to the Lord. My hunger is overtaking everything in me right now, and I have to run to Him. And so I believe that the Spirit of God is going to come and hit some of you that way, which is an intense hunger today. He's going to draw you into the deep waters. You know, I felt God ask me. He said, Renee, what's your message about I was like you don't know and I said well I think it's about hunger it was kind of like a hard question I'm like or maybe it's about appetite or maybe it's about pursuit of your presence revival it's about revival for sure I know that (laughs) and then I felt him say Renee what's your message about today and I'm like well I I think it's about encountering leaving behind our old ways leaning into you Lord And then I felt him say, "Renee, what is your message about today? And then I heard him saying, trust. Because the degree to which we trust him is the degree to which we will follow. And his hand is extended today. And he is saying, come. When we trust Him, we don't worry about what we leave behind. We don't worry about what's ahead. We trust Him. So, how much do we trust? How deep is our trust? Is it ankle deep? Knee or waist deep? Do we trust Him to go over our head? To take us into waters where we can no longer touch. So this morning, here goes the invitation for you, the response for you. I believe the heart of God is to provoke us today, to more. To be desperate enough to seek him enough to see revival. All of revival. Not cool revival stories, although they would be Awesome. And they will come, but revival that truly transforms us. Where he's number one. He's not just a good Instagram post, he's not just a good way we talk. The invitation is for you and I. it's from it's for me yeah i'm taking this for me first guys like i'm not i'm not gonna stand up here and ask you to do something that i'm not willing to do but he has to be everything how how desperate are we how deep is our hunger or maybe you're like I don't I'm hungry you can ask him for hunger I still do that on days that I don't feel it like God give me hunger give me more hunger Make you that I would make you my biggest appetite that you would be my greatest hunger that nothing in my life would satisfy except for you what else can I give up today to follow you How else can I make room for more of you? Holy Spirit, possess me. Take all of me. I will go where you want me to go. I will say what you want me to say. I will become even more undignified. I will leave behind all the things that I thought was filling my life to know that you are the only fulfillment of my life. So the Lord is extending his hand to you to go into deep waters. And I believe we can go together. We can go individually, but we can go. So that's it. There's no hype. No big ending. you and him and what he's asking of you today.